He had to go to Tesco so I could buy a washing up bowl, um, washing up liquid and some bin bags. That didn't make you look like a murderer at all. <laughs> I know, I, I was thinking that actually as I was going round. And I, was, I did stare and ponder at the bleach section for quite a long time too, because oh. I'm looking for thin bleach. I, probably, I did look well dodged. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Welcome one and all. You are listening or watching Sheer Isolation with myself, John in Cricklade, my friend Kieran over there in Trowbridge. I'm not just your friend, I'm your continuity nightmare. This is You are many things to me and that is one of them, yes. Uh, for people who are new to this show, the, the purpose is to promote the local music scene in the west of England, which is what we intend to do. And we've, we're have we staying properly local uh, this week. I know sometimes we do wander off and, and play kind of links of songs rather than staying local. But yeah, this time we got Nick Parker, who's um, a Somerset lad. He's a uh, street, yeah. Somerset, yeah. He doesn't play street music, but uh, he lives no. in the street. You, you picked a track from uh, Thought Forms as well. They're a kind of a rocky uh, outfit from, from Wiltshire. Yeah, I'll give you a quick introduction as to why I chose Thought Forms. So um, the band are a three-piece, or actually a four-piece now, and they're originally from Melksham, and the drummer is a, is a lad called Guy Metcalf, who's from Wurton, it's a little village just outside Devizes. Going back to when I first started doing music a long time ago, I was putting shows on in Devizes, they were going really well, and the two people from Thought Forms turned up. It was Charlie and Deej, and they were coming to my gigs, and they loved it, and I said, oh, I'm in a band. I said, oh, great, do you want to play? So he said, yeah. So I got to know them really well. I thought their music was great and wonderful and brilliant, and I happened to introduce the band to Guy, and from there on in, history has been made. It's, he has been their drummer, and I think they went on tour immediately as he joined the band. He was 14. They took him on tour around Europe. Like, literally, like, like that. We also need to just say that coming up on, on the show, we are joined by Gavin Osborne from a charity which I'd never heard of before. I'm very glad that I now know of it, the Wiltshire Rural Music Charity. Yeah, so Wiltshire Rural Music, I mean, they do what they says on the tin. They provide music into rural settings. It's very simple. I've known Gavin by proxy for, for a long, long time. I've been friends with him on Facebook for a very long time, but I've never actually worked with him on anything. We share an awful lot of mutual friends and all the rest of it. And he's doing some stuff at the town hall in Trowbridge. Um, I am obviously involved at the town hall in Trowbridge. And eventually now our paths are crossing formally, officially, which is really, really great. So obviously it made sense to invite him on to the podcast. And actually, I'm really glad I did because um, he had, you know, really interesting interview that he gave. That's uh, to come in, in the next uh, five, ten minutes or so. We'll get back now to that uh, video that you mentioned from Thought Forms, which goes back to 2013. So it's uh, been on YouTube for, for quite a while. It kind of so reminds me of um, you know bands like Elastica and, and kind of garbage that kind of that kind of level of music. I don't know if all of their uh, library music is similar to this one. It's really interesting. They're, they're a post rock band, so all their songs are quite long and they're quite like quite loud, quite loud, and there's lots of dynamics. And then when they got to this third album, they put two tracks on there that were like less than three minutes long, and they're just belters. And this was one of them. Oh, and here we go. This is only hollow.
And I secretly love every member of that band. They're all wonderful human beings. You just love everybody, though. That's, you, there's nobody you don't love. You love everybody. That's true, in the but world. I perhaps love these a little bit more. Okay. So we've just played Only Hollow by Thought Forms, who are uh, Melksham, I think you said, didn't you? Melksham based? Well, initially. Originally, I think now they're from Bristol, although I don't even know if, if any of them live in Bristol anymore. So they're all over the place. <laughs> I have seen that they, they are still posting and they are still recording and they are still making stuff. So look, look out for some of their newer material. It, it's online and out and about. It seems like give them a gig, I will. <laughs> Again, you say that to every musician. It's true, but I really want to get back to doing gigs. So uh, Yeah, I'm guessing you don't have product placement this week. Oh, you do. I There's do. something there. This is the brand new album from Sad Song Co. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we played one of his tracks off of this album, um, he's finally released it. Um, I, I had a really bit of a rubbish week this week. I think on Monday he tweeted or he sent an email or something to say it had been dispatched. And I was like, yay! Um, so I tweeted my thanks to him. It, I received it today. It's a brand new album by Sad Song Co. It, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, can, you, can you even read that? Sodade? Sodade? a word? Sodade. Sod- it probably is. Google it. What language is it in? Um, uh, um, um, uh, Portuguese. It means missing. And it's Portuguese! <laughs> it's a nostalgic longing to be near again or uh, to something or someone that is distant, which kind of sums up 2020, doesn't it? It certainly does. Uh, we had we, we felt saudade all year. So <laughs> I should be laughing, but I'm really happy that I guessed Portuguese and it was right. Oh, um, for people who don't know the Sad Song Company, though, it's um, it's, it's not actually a company, is it? It's a one-man band. I'm well, a two-man band, technically. He's, oh, okay. he's, I think his brother plays bass with him as well when he plays live. Uh, but it's Nigel Powell from, or he was previously in Frank Turner's backing band, The Sleeping Souls. Uh, but late last year, he left the band and he's gone solo. Mm-hmm. Time for our guest then. So, yes. as we mentioned in the opening link, we are today joined by a chap called Gavin Osborne. Kieran, you said you've known him for quite a while, but you've never met him. I've never met him either. So it was really nice to have a chat to him. But he's one of his many strings in his bow is being part of the Wiltshire Rural Music Charity. It was one of those classic, you know, Facebook friends who, you know, that they uh, in the scene, they're doing whatever it is that they do. And, you know, you kind of want to be friends with them. You want to keep tabs on what they're doing because it's all part of what you do. Um, and he's one of them. Classic one of them. You know, friends of a friend. We've shared loads of mutual friends. and He's obviously doing something great. And I haven't actually met him. So obvious choice. For musicians um, who, who are looking to get a bit more exposure and, and want to kind of do some, a bit of charity work uh, for the area. And, and also for people who live in the small rural communities who are thinking, well, when, when this pandemic's over, I'd love to get some music into the village. Just have a listen to the next 10 minutes. It's really fascinating to hear what he's, uh, what he's up to. Yeah, it's very interesting. And let's go over to him now. You work for uh, Wiltshire Rural Music. Is that right? Yeah, two days a week I do charity work. It's a grandiose title for for what I do, but it's creative director of uh, Wiltshire Rural Music. It's a really small charity that's been running for about 80-odd years, and I joined about two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'm from London. I I came to the West Country about 10 years ago, and two years ago I got this job. And it's nice because I just, you know, it's going into rural communities in in Wiltshire and trying to put as much music as we can into places that don't normally get it that's sort of is it always music that you do or is there other other uh, disciplines no it's always music yeah I mean it's um interestingly the challenge for me is that I've I've got a background in 
in comedy and music and and you know folk music at that really and sort of acoustic music and songwriters and so that isn't something that the charity really specialized in it's its focus has been on cellos and violins and and concertos and recitals and you know for example when i joined we had what we call a, one of our monthly tune at noon gigs at you know midday for members and local trobridgians and someone was playing a piece and and they stopped and i applauded and everyone looked at me like i was insane because classical music has these lovely built-in pauses you know and, and everyone else knew that and i was just sort of like yeah that was great woo you know and uh <laughs> so, that's amazing <laughs> yeah and, and it's taken me a while to sort of you know now i just don't applaud at all and i think that's probably best i'll be a back don't don't congratulate <laughs> no no it, so you know it's it's good because we do we do those and we do bursaries for young musicians coming up and students and things like that and you know there's like a thousand pound prize every year for sort of talented young musicians and my job is to try and let more people know that we do it so when I started, the first thing that I did was set up this thing called Music on the Move, which was an idea to get music into villages that don't normally get it. So I thought, well, what goes into villages? Mobile libraries. So we did a project with mobile libraries where we took musicians literally out on the bus. And so whenever they stopped, they jumped out and played and played some music as people were getting their books. Wow. Um, it was lovely because people in these communities had not had live music or seen live music for ages. And a lot of older people, especially who don't get to go to Devizes or Chippenham or Trowbridge or the towns that, you know, that get this stuff had said that they hadn't actually seen a live musician in years. So that's the kind of thing that we're trying to do as much as we can. And at the moment we're doing a project where we're going into care homes as much as we can and trying to do like zoom meetings and where we're doing big screen projector stuff where we're either trying to do socially distant stuff or go in, do one-to-one. And I set up a project called Dial M for Music, where we just call up people who are lonely maybe or isolated or in communities in Wiltshire that need a chat and a song. And we find out what music they like before we call them and have a chat and sing some songs. What's been lovely is that I started off doing it just because I was sitting at home being paid during the lockdown and thinking, this is cruel. I'm taking money from the charity and we're not doing anything. We can't do anything and and so you thought outside the box and you thought the way around the scenario well i just also i sort of i live on on the main road in bath i was looking out at these big high rises over the road and thinking you know i'm quite lucky i live in in a reasonably nice house but there's people who are stuck up there and i wondered if they just might like a song and i sort of i didn't want to be that guy like ricky gervais standing outside with a guitar singing james taylor songs or whatever but i was sort of like right well i'll i can call people up and see if they want a james taylor song and then you know sing it down the line it's been nice because other musicians have got involved so cellists and and violinists and piano players have, have got involved that does sound absolutely amazing um, so you, you were referring there to particularly vulnerable old um elderly people was what's their music taste like because i used to work with a guy who used to go around um, oap homes and he used to he used to do like singing he'd just sing to them he used to, he just love it he yeah. says you'd expect them to be asking for like you know frank sinatra and vera lynn they're not they're all asking for robbie williams <laughs> what's, well, that, what's that, your experience that's true there's a brilliant place in in trowbridge that's run by alzheimer's support and it's uh it's the opposite of what you'd expect a care home to be it's not it's a it's a dementia members club and all the art on the walls is by the people who go there and they're all older and they're they're wicked they're great it's called mill street club and i went in there and it's run by this guy called grant newton who's really inspirational and he's like when as soon as they walk through the doors nobody's a 
disabled here or nobody's got dementia here. Everybody's just, you know, we're going to have a laugh. Imagine that we're a club. So like you say, you imagine they're going to like, we'll meet again and th- yeah. they're going to like um, my way. But those people, unfortunately, mostly have, have died, you know. Um, of course. Yeah. If you're seeing those records in the, in the bargain bin at a vinyl store, it's because there's a sad story behind it a sad story behind it (laughs) and so the day that you start seeing robbie williams in the vinyl bin you'll be like "Uh uh-oh you know i'm getting old (laughs) he's demographic of dying (laughs) (laughs) but interesting but it's interesting because i start you know i've done i've done quite a few of those where you go and you just sing and strum and they just want stuff that's upbeat they just don't want to be reminded of like moon river i think they've heard moon river enough now and i think probably have that's probably true I think it's just there's a there's a feeling in our heads, especially sort of mid thirties, forties, that old people like war music, and that's yes. we've got to remember that these people were, were around in the sixties and doing loads of drugs. Yeah, they, they want Zeppelin, they want Beatles. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so tell me, got on the go at the moment? Uh, well, me and my friend John here, who's a music teacher in Bristol, and he's the comment section of my band name. I sort of go on tour and, and make albums now as Gavin Osborne in the comment section and we're making another record. I've written a load of songs, not many during lockdown, actually not as many. Oh as God. Everyone's got a lockdown song. I've got one, but I, it, do you know what? It's like, it's like I said about Vera Lynn, you don't want to be reminded of the miserable stuff. I, I yes. don't think anybody necessarily wants to sit and listen to songs about what we're going through because we're going through it. I couldn't agree more. I've got a lot of comedy friends and they're all like, watch my TV special if you can and do this. And every time I do, I just feel sad because it reminds me of what we haven't got. And I sort of, I can't watch live music really on the telly. Those sort of like nostalgic Glastonbury gigs or whatever. It, it just makes me sad because I miss it so much. I'm, I'm trying to sort of, it sounds really narcissistic, but I'm just focusing on my own stuff and trying not to look at this too much. And, and, and that's helping a little bit because I'm just sort of, writing quietly at night after you know i've turned the tv off and stuff and that's that's quite nice but i'm so i'm doing a lot of that well i think that moment when we're allowed back in a room with an audience is really going to be special even if that audience is only 30 people and it's all socially distanced even that's going to be fantastic. it's interesting though isn't it because i think that's true but also i think if the first offer that i get for a gig that actually involves an audience i'm going to be terrified I'm not a performer, so I don't know. <laughs> no, but I'm, I think there's a lot of musicians that I know who have said the same thing. Who've just, you know, we're getting a, a, quite a lot of calls going, "Will you do this charity gig for me? Will you do this online thing for me? Will you do?" And we're all taking it. We're all saying, "Yeah," because there's nothing else to do. But at the same time, as soon as we've said, "Yeah," we have this panic of, "Oh God, it's going to be awful," and, and I'm, I've forgotten how to play, and I haven't rehearsed, and all this stuff, you know. And and I, I don't know. I think there's going to be a, a a sense of agoraphobia when we are all allowed out we'll all be like no actually i don't want to i'm quite happy i'm quite happy <laughs> but there is that fear there is that fear that could well happen <laughs> i'm gonna jump in now karen um just to ask okay. a couple of quick questions just uh, going back sure. to the the charity um yeah. if people are interested and they want to find out more information or get involved what are the channels what's the best way of getting in touch the best way of getting in touch is to email me and that is creative director at wiltshirerulmusic.co.uk or go to the website, which is wiltshirerulmusic.co.uk. Do you find you have a perfect balance between musicians and people who want musicians or do you sometimes need more musicians or need more people to listen? Oh, John, we always need more musicians. <laughs> the trouble is I, I had these grand visions when it started of being able to amass an enormous collection of local musicians and 
I think when you start bandying the names around, the same ones come round again and again. So it's, it's interesting. There are loads of musicians out there. I just don't know who a lot of them are. So please get in touch if you are local and, and want a chance to play live. Uh, we can help with that and we can also help with bursaries and things. I'm definitely open to a variety of formats and styles. I mean, it reminds me of that sort of mid-80s Billy Bragg ethos of yes. sticking Phil Jupiter's on to do some poetry or it's sort of very Lenny Bruce, isn't it? Like, Hey, yeah. here's some, here's some hip cat reading a story and all, this, and <laughs> exactly all the guys that. going, what? You know, I mean, when, um, when me and my friend Daniel Kitson supported Bell and Sebastian way back when in 2010, he was doing a comedic story and I was doing the, the songs for it. So I can, I remember their, their sort of literate nerdy fans in cardigans all sort of staring at us going, yeah, this is exactly what we came for. Actually. This is- <laughs> 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 okay and just one last question if you are a isolated town village whatever somewhere can people contact you and say please put music on in my place yes absolutely i mean we'd love to hear from especially little villages on the outskirts of things that feel a little bit neglected or uh, unheard or you know god i've never had a good gig from anyone decent in my village hall um, yeah. or my primary school or wherever you know we want to be in places like that where where you don't normally get music and we'll also be in the big venues too but yeah especially if you're from a little town or, or village please get in touch that brings us to the point in the podcast where we invite the guests to pick a song and, and explain to us why they pick this song and this person yeah the song i'm going to pick is by a songwriter i love who lives in street called uh, he's nick parker and his band is called nick parker and the false alarms he's been doing gigs for a long long time he was in he was in a band a long time ago he plays he's a multi-instrumentalist he plays mandolin and guitar and all sorts of stuff and he's his lyrics are just just such a treat you know there's sort of lots of puns in there and that you know he's not afraid to go for a, a joke at the same time as really tugging on the heartstrings he's a he's a great songwriter and he's had a tough year. He was, he was about to perform with the Levelers on a big UK and European tour with them. And that all got pulled. And, you know, that would have been a massive deal for him. And he's, he's a brilliant songwriter who deserves loads more recognition. Uh, and this song is Nick Parker's Terry and June slash Home for a Rest, which is the live version. I'll be your Terry if you'll be my June. The book you curl up with on a grey afternoon. I'll be your Wilma if you'll be my Fred. I'll be your soldier if you'll be my egg And I'll be the snowflake you catch on your tongue I'll be your couch when your day's work is done And I'll be the pencil if you'll be the ruler I'll be your fat Sam if you'll be my Tallulah Oh, 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 oh My Tallulah Touchscreen, if you'll be the touch, I'll be the camera. If you'll be the pose, I'll be your jack, babe. If you'll be my rose, and I'll be the light bulb. If you'll be the moth, your frown and your face paint. If you'll be the goth, and I'll be your new car with one lady owner. I'll be your Shrek, babe. If you'll.
I'll be your Homer if you'll be my duff. The blade on your nine iron when you're in the rough. I'll be your ripped jeans if you'll be my bros. I'll be your goldman if you'll be my wass. And I'll be the roll plug if you'll be the screw. You're in off the pink, babe, if you'll be the cue. And I'll be the basket and you'll be the wash. I will be David and you can be posh. And I'll be the snowflake you catch upon your tongue. I'll be your couch when your day's work is done. And I'll be the office if you'll be the cleaner. I'll be your brat if you'll be my Angelina. Parker uh, and the Full Salams, the full band version of Terry and June, uh, recorded at the Mars Bar in Worcester. Only last year, just before lockdown, <laughs> like the last thing that happened before lockdown. And that was a fair old crowd they had in there. And um, it's nice to hear uh, another kind of shanty-esque kind of style tune. That seems to be the fashion of, of the, the month, doesn't it? It certainly does. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Uh, time for a couple of bits of news then, Kieran. Um, I wanted just yes. to touch on the fact, um, the, the news that I heard um, recently in that Glastonbury is, again, not going ahead yeah. this year. Obviously, Glastonbury is one of the UK's biggest festivals. It's also an early festival because it's kind of on the, the mid-summer um, the summer solstice. So it's well, one it's of the, the earlier ones. first third, isn't it? It's end of June. So, yeah, it's it's the, probably the biggest, I would say. And it's well, certainly the most significant. <laughs> mm. do, do you think that's going to set a trend for others to follow? Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. Another new story I picked up on this week, which has kind of, it, it goes around in circles, and it's the, the amount of money that artists get from streams. Oh. We, we've been seeing some quite famous musicians who were, like uh, Nadine Shah said that she's had to move yeah. with her parents, even though she's had some yeah. really successful tunes. We, we have covered this before, Kieran, and I know we did look, you looked into this and you found out of all the streamers, Amazon was the, 
the highest paying Best. service, which surprised you because I know how much you love Jeff yeah, Bezos. Love him. It's a fascinating week in that respect because um, PRS went with the heads of Universal and Sony and a couple of others to Parliament to discuss uh, publishing rights with the government. And the whole thing was an absolute shambles because it's absolutely fascinating hearing the heads of these labels, first and foremost, say that their artists are happy. Well, Ed Sheeran might be loving it, but I'm telling you now, Gary Newman is not happy. Gary Newman is a huge force in in musical history, in British musical history. He's not happy. He had a million streams of one of his songs. He got paid 37 quid. He's not happy. He is a household name. So for, the, for these, these heads of these labels to be there to say, oh, yeah, our artists are happy, but we'd actually want to increase the, the, um, the scope of PRS and what it covers and how we can charge for it is an absolute shocking move. And I'm incredibly disappointed. What, what's really interesting with music is it's not a very particularly regulated industry. If you go to, I don't know, to a bank or whatever, there's regulations in, in place to make sure people behave in a certain way. Not the case in the music industry. Whatever you agree to is what you agree to in your contract. And that and every single contract is different. So I did see a lot of people saying, well, Gary Newman definitely got paid more than 37 quid for a million streams because it but, 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 but. not necessarily, because his publishing rights might be a different rates, ratio, who knows? So there might be more fingers in that pot. I, I'm interested in this concept of regulation for the music industry, but also that might also take excitement out of it I, I don't know but we'll see how that m- manifests itself it won't be quick it's going to take years and years and years to to organize that and sort it all out but fascinating nonetheless an exquisite answer as always kieran we are pretty much out of time for, for anything else um i will just do our thank you john e- email check to say sheer isolation at gmail.com is where you want to go if you want to send us any news or any music or any ideas for what we can feature on following shows Cool. Kieran, I will let you get on. I, I know you've got uh, some uh, some parties to do. So I will <laughs> let you get on with that. It's been nice to chat Thank with you. Thank you very much, Sean. See you next week. Pleasure. Take care, Bye. mate.